0: That's what January is. I mean, we got to get back from the holidays and and then we had the snow and ice and uh, everybody make it okay. No broken bones. I didn't see any casts this morning early or anything. Well, except for Bruce. I mean, I hadn't seen him yet to see how he's doing with his knee back here. Uh, But so it's busy, but let me, let me, uh, if I can hit that again, that one thing, a small group uh, training this afternoon, a lunch, you can just stay straight into lunch, see Gary and look. Even if you can't do a small group this time, but you would like to know about, please, uh, every person in this room, uh, everybody say me. Me. Every person that just said me is qualified to do a small group. You have what it takes to do a small group. And small groups are the way to reach the the lost. That's uh, the way to do it. We'll tell you about that this afternoon. But you need to go. Even if you aren't doing a a small group, not going to leave the small group this time, you can go to the training this afternoon, have free lunch, and then uh, hear more about it because... You need to be involved in that. got a lot of things going on. Financial Peace University is coming up. There's going to be a preview. That, now, that listen, that costs $93, I think, plus, I think it's like uh, just under $100, $99 and something is what it costs uh, when they add the shipping or the tax or something to it. And look, it, and if that's something that's going to keep you from doing this, then let me know. We'll find somebody to scholarship you or something, But but most people save over $5,000 just in the 13-week class, while they're in the 13-week class, and begin applying the principles of Financial Peace University. So really, I want to encourage you to do that. Uh, there's so, uh, so many things. The, the teams are meeting, trying to get geared up. We've got a new team, a uh, prayer uh, team that's meeting this, this Wednesday night as well. And, and it's just a whole lot of things going on. And I want you need to get involved because you need to have something powerful going on in your life and not just an hour and 15 minutes on a Sunday morning you need to let God do some great things in your life as well. I, I, I wanted to ask, but I don't want everybody to raise your hand because I don't want to embarrass anybody. But I, I'd like to know, I wonder, you know, how many of you stuck with it this week and you fasted your credit? Don't raise your hand, but you fasted your credit cards. Or you prayed about any of that discretionary spending. It happened to me this week. I was walking to Walmart, you know, and see something on that end cap, you know, great price and everything and pick it up, start looking at it. And then I thought, oh, wait a minute, uh, we're praying about our discretionary spending and I didn't have to have it. So I set it down, walked around a while, you know, just started talking to God a little about it and didn't go back and buy it, you know, because we're praying about that kind of thing and did everything I could, you know, to n- not have it except for that, uh, that little, uh, that $1 balloon that I bought uh, Brooklyn when we were at Dollar Tree that day. I think I did pay for that. Uh, that, was, that was a little discretionary spending, but uh, felt good about doing that one. I hope you did that. I hope you did that as a fasting thing and as, as, as just an attitude thing because we want to continue that this week. We're going to continue it with something else. We want to get delivered this week from our culture junk. And the reason for fasting is to keep the junk out of the trunk. And the reason for the prayer and the, and the saying, God, help me with my discretionary spending, is to keep the junk out of the trunk. Now, how many of you want And see, some of you are saying, well, I don't have any culture junk in my trunk yeah, you probably do. You just hadn't paid attention. Uh, but how many of you want to be free and not have anything in your way of all the stuff that God wants? Here's the thing. God wants to put great things in your life, but he can't if your trunk's full of junk. So how many of you want God to pour great blessings into your life? Well, think about that. Well, the first thing you got to do is make room for them. You got stuff in the way of your blessings. So We got to get rid of those. Let's, uh, let's read that scripture I skipped in the early service, Mike, and then we'll, uh, and then we'll have a word of prayer. And uh, y'all need to just say, a, just say, God bless Mike today because oh, boy, Mike's really having to follow me in the sermon today. I, uh, so And I, I don't think Mike's ever messed up because, see, I don't see what's going on behind me. You know, he could have little ducks jumping on the screen. I wouldn't know it, you know. So I think Mike's just awesome. You know, he never makes any mistakes whatsoever. Uh, but let's read the scripture and just set this up, have a word of prayer and get into some culture jump. 2 Timothy chapter 3. But know this that in the last days perilous times will come. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanderers without self control, brutal, despisers of good, traitors, headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Okay, let me stop there real quick. Let me just ask does this sound familiar? I mean, does, does this not sound like Paul, when talking to Timothy here, that Paul was talking about the culture that you and I live in today? I mean, do you want to back up and look at those, all those words again? And, you know, we have got a couple hours, we'll go through every one of them, and I'll point them out to you. I'll show them to you in the culture. They're there. This, this is the culture that you and I are living in. And then he fin- finishes this by saying, and from such, turn away. Now, now, here we are in our culture. He's described it, and he said, from such, turn away. Why? Why does he encourage us to turn away from the culture that we're living in and these things that we're living in? Because the more time you spend with things, the more like them you become. And if you don't turn from this stuff, if you embrace this stuff, if you allow this stuff to just stay in your trunk, the more like it you're going to become. So God, deliver us before we become just like it. Let's pray. Father, I love you and thank you, God. I thank you, Lord. God for just letting us stand in your presence and let you just wrap your arms around us. God, you are here, Lord. And I just thank you for that. And I pray, God, you challenge each of us. Lord, you got something, you got something you want to put in my life. You got a blessing. You got a miracle. There's some favor. There's something good that you want to do in every life that's in, in this room today, right now. God, and I just pray, please, God, help us clear out some junk and make some room for that, Lord. Help us to get rid of the stuff that you're displeased with, God, and help us chase you and see you do the great things that you want to do and accomplish in us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody agree with that prayer said, amen. So let's talk about some culture junk. Now, first of all, I'm going to talk to you about three areas of culture junk, okay? And the first one is religious culture junk. You know, in the day and age that you and I live in, there's some, there's something going on, and you may not be paying attention to it. Now, this is a book of Mormon, and I, I just just probably was six, eight, ten we, I don't remember exactly how long ago, but I, I you know I kind of preached about false uh, false religion, so I'm not going to jump into, uh, jump into this so much again, but just holding this one up for you as just an example, because something you may not be paying attention to that's happening all around you is there is an indoctrination, and sometimes we don't even realize it because our friends just say, well, you know, I, I just don't think God would do this. Well, if His Word says He would, then He will. Or I just don't think it's this way. Well, if His Word says it's that way, then it is. And you don't, you don't pay attention necessarily when people say, well, you know, it, you know if God's a God of love, da, da 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 yeah, I've heard that one a whole lot. A lot of people explain a lot of things that they want God to be by saying, well, He's a God of love. So he wouldn't spank me. Well, you know what? My dad loved me, but he spanked me. I remember the last spanking I got. And you know what? When I was getting it, I wasn't sure if my dad loved me. But, you know, a little while later, I realized, yeah, he did love me. Well, you know what? And people, people will use things like that, and you won't even be paying attention because one of the greatest lies of religious culture in your world today, the present world that you and I live in, that we're walking around in right now, is the lie of pluralism that there are many roads, many ways, many paths that will get you to heaven. That you can, you know, believe what you want. to. You know, okay, if, if you're into, you know, the Book of Mormon, or if you're a Jehovah's Witness, or, or if, if you're a Muslim, or if you're into Eastern mysticism, it doesn't matter. You know, if you just, you just live a good life, it's all going to be, be okay in the end. That's a lie of the devil. And you don't realize that it's, it's coming into your heart. And if you're not paying attention you'll begin thinking in those terms. Without, without even realizing it, you'll begin thinking those things as well. Now, this, this particular book was something that was added on. We've uh, uh, got another one here, the Jehovah's Witnesses. They, they actually rewrote the Bible. Now, if you've got to retranslate the Bible so it fits what you teach, there's a problem there somewhere. Amen? You know, or Omi oh or something. And, and, you know, there's this pluralistic ideology that's getting into our theology and that you and I are even getting it as well. Now, look, I'm all, I'm all for, you know, uh, you know, this uh, coming together and the church is doing great things together. But if we're not careful, we start, we start accepting things outside of even the Christian realm and saying, well, maybe this is okay too. Well, let me just give you some scripture right here. Okay. And, uh, about how many ways there are into heaven. It says salvation is found in no, everybody say no. Salvation is found in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. This is the only way. And what is that name? That name is Jesus. It is the only way. Now, you know what? Some people say, well, you know, that, you know that's just a little dogmatic of you Christians. Because Of course you're going to say that because you're Christians. But, you know, there's other religions, you know, that say, oh, it's okay. You believe what you want to. And, and even Christians, they're probably going to get to heaven too. But you Christians say nobody else can get to heaven. I guess, you know, it does kind of sound like we're being a little dogmatic there. But here's the thing, is if there are 200 gods out there, okay, then there's a lot of ways to heaven. But if there's only one God, one true God, and he says the only way to heaven is through my son named Jesus Christ, then guess what? There is only one way to heaven, and his son's name is Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? And here's, the, here's, the, here's the, the other, I'm just going to be blunt right here with you, and some of you are going to think maybe that I'm just uh, kind of casting Jesus aside here. Nope. I, be, I believe fully in Jesus. And, but you hear what I'm saying here. Jesus Christ is either God himself come in the flesh, died for your sins. He is either exactly who he says he is, or he was the most delusional man that ever walked the face of this planet. Because he walked and talked about being God all the time. And when he died on the cross of Calvary, you know how much pain he went through for you? If he was not really God, he was a fool to hang on the cross and to pay that price and and to go through all of that pain. For them to make him uh, climb Calvary's hill with the cross on his... He was a fool to do that if he wasn't God. So he is either the most delusional man that ever lived or he was exactly who he said he was, Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And I'll tell you this. You you know, if you cannot just accept everything else into this, you can't accept every other way. You can't accept books that are being added or books that are being rewritten or or entirely new uh, religions out there. You cannot accept those. I'll, I'll take this thing about Jesus one step further and tell you this that either, either he is the only way or he is not even one of the ways. See, with Jesus, there is no halfway. He's not, he's not a way that you can get there. He's not one of the many. He is either the only way or he was delusional and he isn't even one way that you can get to heaven and get to God. That's just the way it is. And so and, and so we know because... Uh, here's one of the ways we know. You know, because one of the things a lot of religions will tell you, and Jehovah's Witnesses is a, is a big one. Mormons are a big one of, of that. But even, even a lot of Christian churches will tell you this as well, is that you'll get to heaven quicker by your good works. Now, Islam will tell you that. But Islam doesn't even have to say good works, because I got a lot of junk written in the, in the, you know, in uh, the Quran that's not good works, it's just works, and some of it's bad, evil works, and if you do this, you're gonna get to heaven. And, and religions would, uh, false religions will tell you this, and even a lot of churches will tell you, they'll tell you it's all about good works, or, or you gotta be a member of our church, or some other thing they will tell you that, uh, it will enable you to get eternity, eternal life, and, and be with God, that this is the path to get there. But it's not about those good works and it's not about being a member of that church or this church or the other church. It's it's not about the things you and I can do because we can't do it for ourselves. It's about grace. It's about a sacrifice that had to be made because you committed sin, okay? And somebody's got to pay the price. And the price wasn't a financial price. The price was a blood price. And that blood had to be paid. And it could not be paid with a man. It had to be paid with God's own blood. And I got about a dozen scriptures I wanted to read to you. And I cut them out yesterday. and said, I don't have time to read them all these scriptures. And I stumbled across, or either God led me to this one scripture, and it kind of all uh, ties it up right here real quick, that in him, talking about Jesus Christ, capital H, in him, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the richness of his Grace. You see, you didn't earn it. You don't. You don't deserve it. I I was thanking God in the early services morning, saying, "God, you love me again. You love me when I was unlovable. You don't deserve it. It was by His grace. You see, it's it's not about you. It's not about your works. It's not about your efforts. It's not about you know finding a scripture that." works with how you want to live. It's not about that. It is about him. It is about his grace. It is about him who paid the sacrifice and brought our redemption. And it is about his blood, not just any blood, but the blood of God. There's not any other person that ever lived on this earth that died for your sin, except for Jesus Christ. Muhammad didn't. Confucius didn't. There's no one Joseph Smith didn't. Brigham Young didn't. No one ever died for your sin except for Jesus Christ, the Son of God. And because of His Spotless, precious, sinless blood, we have redemption. And don't you ever forget it. And if you, you begin thinking anything like that, you need to de the trunk again, eject some stuff that people have been whispering into your ear to understand this. It is Jesus or no way. And, and you say, well, I, uh, no, if you bring anything else in, what you make, if you bring anything else in, any other way you bring into your theology, then you make Jesus not even a way that you can get to heaven as well. It is either Jesus or nothing. I didn't say it. But God, the God of creation said it for us. It is Jesus or no way. Secondly, let's talk about, if we can, some addictions. So let's, um, let's use this. Okay, everybody breathe a sigh of relief. He's not going to preach to me right now because I don't drink. All right, probably, I don't, I don't even know where we got this box. So, you know, it kind of worried me a little bit when I came to church one night and somebody was gathering the boxes and they actually had some bottles out, but they smelled real bad, they said, so that we threw those away. We just held onto the boxes. I don't know where we got them, but I'm glad we got them because, can I, can I tell you this? And, and I got a little burr in my saddle about alcohol. And here, here's, here's the reason, and I, I can take a half hour to explain this to you or I can tell it to you real quick, okay? Let me tell it to you real quick as best I can. My problem with this is this stuff, this stuff is legal that's my problem with this. It's not, it's not, you know, this is a drug. Everybody know that this is a drug. I mean, it has medicinal purposes. It is a drug, but you know, this other stuff that you and I get, you know, the doctor prescribes for us, right? You know, this stuff right here, it's a drug, but the doctor, you can't get it without a prescription, right now. Okay. We we can talk about this stuff too. And it doesn't matter. You know, if you're, buying it uh, in a back alley or you're buying it from getting a doctor to write you tw- 25 more prescriptions so you can get all the stuff you want. It doesn't, doesn't really matter. It's it, it still, if you're abusing it, misusing it, you're addicted to it, then it's a problem. Okay? But this stuff, I mean, this, you, know, you know what happens when you, know, when, you, when you go get this prescription? You know, it comes in one of those little bags, you know, and then what's stapled on the outside of that bag? I mean, you got a half of a book to read about this stuff, right? How many of you read all that stuff about it? Had two raise their hand and uh, there's one. Had two, raised, three. Okay, had two raise their hand in both services. You know, we don't even read the stuff, do we? And they put that on there why? Because they want to be protected from lawsuits, and people are suing them all the time, aren't they? Yet here it is, a medicine that was developed for the thing that makes you sick, and your doctor prescribes it for you, and you on, on your own, nobody holds a gun to your head. You go down to the pharmacy and you purchase the stuff, and you put it in your body, and yet still. You go to court and sue somebody over it. And so that's why they write these books. But this stuff, this stuff, you don't have to have a prescription for. I can go buy a case of it this afternoon. Not a box. I can buy a case of it. And I can buy a case the next day and just pour And I can just keep pouring, just keep pouring. And there's no protection with this stuff. That's, this is my problem with it. Is that anybody can get it. Anybody can abuse it. And I know, uh, some of you may have even been told, you know, well, by your doctor, you need to drink a cup of wine once a day for da, 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 da. You know, but, but here's my problem is it's not being controlled. There, there's no prescription. You go get a couple of bottles so you can have a glass. of. Well, what's to keep you from getting it? Well, I got, I got just a little problem with some of that. But but here's, here's the thing that I, I want to say is this thing also needs a label on it. You know, there's no label telling you all this stuff. I mean, you ever, you ever see those commercials where they're telling you about some new wonder drug that's going to cure you of this? And then they start telling you all this other stuff that could happen to you while you're getting cured of that thing, you know? Alcohol needs the same label. It needs the same label on the box. And they don't have them, but this one does. We added it this week, you know, just so that you would know. And none of this is made up. This is, act, this is actual from... And, and you, you'll recognize this. You already know this. Here's the label. The warning label says, Use of this product increases the risk of weight gain, diabetes, stroke, heart, and liver disease, circulatory problems, peptic ulcers, and various forms of cancer such as liver, mouth, throat, breast. Impairs brain function. Decreases mental alertness. Alters the perception of situations and surroundings. Affects memory. Impairs coordination, motor skills, reflexes, and judgment. May cause staggering, swaying, slurred, speech, mood swings violence and double vision. Hmm, sounds like something good. Let's all get a bot. You know, this is the time I change the channel when the commercial's going on. You know, I'm saying, I don't want that stuff. You know, don't write it down. You know, I, you know, I was thinking about it when they were telling me how good it was. I'm writing it down. Maybe ask my doctor about it. They start reading all this. <laughs> I don't want this stuff. We're not done yet. Over time, may destroy brain cells. Oh, that's good. Causes loss of inhibitions. May cause stomach ailments, sexual impotence, heart and certain central nervous system damage. Loss of appetite, blackouts, violence. May cause birth defects to unborn babies of women who drink while pregnant. Acts negatively with over 150 medications, promotes dehydrations, and is addictive—heavily addictive. Do not drive or operate heavy machinery, or equipment, or perform other potentially dangerous activities while using this product. Nobody tells you. I, I, I mean, the, the pharmacist is legally bound to give you the explanation anytime you get one of those one of these drugs. But somebody will give you a case of this and not even tell you that it can addict you in just a couple of drinks. Not even tell you that if you if you take a drink before. You drive home, you could have your your uh, your vision or or your reflexes impaired, such that you could have an accident and kill someone, take someone's life, and nobody tells you that this is my problem with it. Yeah, we say, well, but it's a medicine. It's got medicinal value. Well, let me let me give you a quote right here. This is from Eric Rim, associate professor of the Harvard uh, School of Public Health. And he did a survey, or or, or actually, uh, yeah, a survey of 50,000. He followed 50,000 ladies that were taking a, a glass of wine every day for their health. And one of the concerns was, oh, this will help me not become a diabetic. Look what he says. He says, if you're worried about the risk of diabetes and you're eating right, adding alcohol won't do much for you. You know, if you're worried about becoming a diabetic, yet you're eating birthday cake, you know, every day, because somebody's having a birthday somewhere in the world. Come on, come on, we use that, we use that kind of logic sometimes, don't we? If you're doing that kind of thing, adding a glass of alcohol every day is not going to give you much benefit and protect you from that. Okay, or a la- there's a lady, that her name is Linda Formicelli, and she's written, a, uh, written for a lot of different magazines. She is a, a magazine author, and you would recognize a lot of the magazines she writes for. And she says this, she says, ditching cigarettes, eating more fruits and veggies, avoiding too much sun exposure, keeping your weight under control, and getting regular exercise, pack a lot more cancer prevention than a few sips of wine. But you know what we're doing? If we want to do all these fun things, right? And then take a, a drink of wine... Kind of counteract it doesn't work that way. You know, wine is not a miracle drug. It's not something alcohol is not a miracle drug that you can take a few sips and and you can counteract all that other stuff. If you want to prevent cancer, there's a whole lot more better things to do than taking a sip of wine. Because here's the problem is that with every drug, with every medicine, there are some always some side effects. And I, I just read all those to you. But let me give you one more that is very important. This is from the National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism, not from a church. And they say one in three people will become hooked on alcohol at some point in their lives. He said, that's the problem that I have with it. So we can say this, but this unregulated, uncontrolled, and that's the important thing I want to tell you about in just a moment. That's the problem that's there. And then, but with our kids, you know, we do this thing, well, well, you're not old enough to drink this yet. Yep, we're still guzzling right in front of them. But you're not old. You can't handle this yet. And they see us. And they see how, how, how adults handle it. And we say, we say, you can't do that. Let me take you to the Scripture. I want you to see a contrast that is right here. Because here, here's the important thing. Says, Paul writes, do not be drunk with wine in which is dissipation or, or excess or uh, recklessness. But be filled with the Spirit. Now, if we were to back up and, and start and lead into this verse and, and go if we were to take it in its context, there's a whole lot of powerful argument against addiction. Okay, in there. There's a whole lot of powerful argument against addiction. But I really want to just get to this one little point right here. The contrast that is here is this is what Paul is wanting us to understand. He says, don't be drunk with wine. And that word drunk there in the Greek, it means don't, 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 Stay or don't hang around with wine. It means literally don't stay with alcohol. I mean, that's what it means. It says, so don't hang around it. Don't be, don't have a lot of alcohol. So, So don't be drunk with wine, but be filled with the spirit. So the contrast is, is that you can either be drunk or addicted to wine or you can be filled with the spirit. You know, you cannot be controlled by more than one thing. I mean, you can't have two masters. Two people can't drive a car. You know, you can't serve God and serve money. You can only serve one thing. And so what Paul is saying is don't be under the control of spirits. Don't be under the control of alcohol, but be under the control of the Holy Spirit. He's saying you can only have one addiction. So choose your addiction and you can either choose to be addicted to alcohol or be addicted to the Holy Spirit of God that wants to bring awesome, great, wonderful things into your life. That wants to give you favor. That wants to give you wisdom. That wants to give you power and strength to stand against all of the enemies that come against you there was oh somebody told me after service today, and, and you know and this used to bother me when I was a young preacher because I think I would have thought you know years ago that 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 this uh, this uh, lady she didn't even get the message I wasn't even preaching on peace, you know I'd gotten mad because I wasn't even preaching on peace, but she said in the altar service today she said and we've been praying about some things in her life and, and some st- some struggles that's just being thrown at her and she's having to deal with. And she said, I stood here. And she said, there was a peace that just came over me. And you know, I, I used to get upset about that because like, that's not what I, But you know what? I, I've just rejoiced with her because that's exactly what she needed. And you know where it came from? It didn't come from my, my sermon. It didn't come from Jamie's song. It didn't come from your fellowship. It came from the powerful presence of God, the Prince of Peace, bringing it in. And so you can choose your addiction. You know, be addicted to alcohol or, or, or drugs or or something else, or be addicted to this Holy Spirit of God that wants to bring all the good stuff into your life. Because here, and I've got to say this, I've got, I've got to say this, and let and, me and get one more box out. We're going to let this box symbolize all other, I know it's an alcohol box too, we're going to let it symbolize all the other addictions. Because you can be addicted to more than just alcohol or drugs. There are, there are things other than chemical addictions. There are emotional addictions. I mean, there are, there are women, I honestly believe there are women who are addicted to being beat up. Being treated wrong because they get rid of one and they go find another guy to treat them just as bad as that one or worse. There are people who I believe are addicted to adrenaline. I mean, if, they gotta, if there's anything exciting, they got to be in the middle of it. they got to be at every ball game. they got to be in the middle of the biggest crowd. they got to be in the middle of the biggest noise. If somebody's jumping out of an airplane today, they're going with them. You know, everything, You know, jump off a mountain, uh, rappel, whatever, whatever they can do. They, they've just got to have it. And if they don't have something like that going on in their lives constantly, they get in a, dep- a state of depression. There are people that are, I believe that because I know some of them. I know some people that are like that. They got and if they don't have it, there's stuff, there's something wrong with my life because I don't have, It's a, it's another high for them. And here's the thing, anything that controls you is an addiction. And when you say, I gotta go have a cigarette. You're addicted. You got to. You're addicted. I gotta get home, see my show. If I don't, if I don't hurry, I'm not gonna say, I gotta see my show. You're addicted to your show. Whatever your show is. Oh, I gotta go, oh, oh, I gotta go see, gotta go see, gotta, you know, gotta go see my favorite band or whatever. You're addicted. Whatever you've got to have in your life, whatever you can't live without, whatever is in your life that you have to have, I mean, this past week, one of the reasons we were fasting our credit cards and we were praying over our discretionary spending is some of us are addicted to spending money. You know, in in our ministry lives together, you know, we we've ministered to some some ladies that they were addicted to writing checks. They didn't care if money was in the bank or not; they would write a check anyway. I, I'm not joking. I mean, seriously, they were bouncing checks all over town, and they knew, they'd already been in jail for it before, but they had to do it again. They were addicted to writing checks, and men who were addicted to to credit. They had to have more and more and more credit, second, third, fourth mortgage because you've got to have more. It was it wasn't even about the thing they were buying. They just had to buy and had to buy and had to buy. And, 10, 12 credit cards maxed out because they were addicted to that. Whatever it is that you're addicted to, spending money or 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 drinking or whatever this thing is, you need to get control of it. You can only be in control, by be controlled by one thing. And so choose your addiction. Be controlled by that thing or choose today to be controlled by the Holy Spirit of God. Be filled with His Spirit and let Him begin operating amazingly, powerfully in your life and bringing great things, miracles into your life. But see, you can't do it as long as you're under the control of something. That's why we got to de-junk our trunks. And so thirdly, we're going to talk about immorality. And I'm going to start right here with a seemingly, you know, non-dangerous thing that is in all of our lives, you know, cell phones. You know, these cell phones, they both have texting capabilities, and I think at least one of these... You can actually get, on, get online and Facebook tweet and all that. How many tweets do you get a day? You know, I, I follow about 12 people because there is no way I, be, I want to be interrupted 200 times a day. Say, Oh, what did they say? I, I went to pastor church one time and every staff member of the church had a phone provided by the church. Right as I was coming there, I think right before I got there, their, their uh, contract ran out, and so they were going to re- renegotiate the contract or get a new contract. And one of the staff members took it on, on themselves to go and get the contract done. Instead of asking me, new pastor, what do you want? They just went and did it because they wanted Nextel. Y'all remember Nextel? I despised it. I had that thing hanging on my hip. I couldn't, through, I couldn't get through a meal. I couldn't get, I'd be in, in a counseling session. And it's not like a little ring that you can just say, I'll have to get that later because I'm in the middle of a counseling session. I mean, when they, they beeped that little beep, and I was just so tired of hearing that thing, immediately they were in my counseling session. You know? And they were, t- I mean, they were talking. I mean, they punched the button, and it wasn't like a little sound. You know what happens? I mean, they're talking to you. It's a walkie-talkie, basically. And so I was interrupted constantly. But isn't that what's going on with us today with tweets, Facebook, text? We are in more contact with people around us than we have ever been in our life. Okay, now I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm bordering on it. <laughs> but I'm not saying that it's necessarily always a good thing. But here, here's the real problem. is because what we do with it is we say, well, you know, i got to read it, right? You know what? Some of us are addicted to our Twitter. Oh, i got to read that. You know, I hadn't, I hadn't heard from that guy in a while. i got to check what that one out. What is it that he's saying today? Or what is it that she's doing today? Where are they at today? And you can get addicted to that. But the whole, pr- whole thing is we are, we are in constant there, We have never been in communication with people like we are today. We are in constant communication with hundreds of people all day long. And if, and if we're not careful, you know what happens? Is, is all this culture junk gets being poured into us, and we're watching it reading it and paying attention to it, and we don't even realize it. And somebody's telling us something about they think of what they do and this and this and this and we're not even paying attention to it. And here's my thing is we've got to do something to say, wait a minute, enough is enough. I'm not saying you got to turn off your, your cell phone. I'm not saying you got to, you got to close your Facebook or your Twitter. I'm not talk, I'm not saying that. But what we got, we've got to take charge of our lives again. And here's the question I've got for you. Do we insulate or do we isolate? Or isolate or insulate. We, we've, got, we've got to decide, but we've got to do one of those things with all this culture junk that is around us because there's immorality there. I don't have time to tell you. It's, I'm looking, right. sorry, you know, my time is getting away from it. I don't have time to tell you. I got an invitation this week from somebody I didn't even know, but they were a friend of one of my friends. And so I was looking at that friend to see, well, who are they? And it was in one of my friends on Facebook. I didn't even know them. You know, but they're good friends with Brett Favre, and they offered me uh, to buy a book that Brett Favre had just wrote or something. They used to be a, 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 a coach for the Minnesota Vikings. I, to, I don't know this guy, you know, who he is, and yet because somehow I became his friend, I must, uh, in a moment of delirium, must have said, okay, and let him be my friend. He and I don't have any other friends in common, except then I get this invitation this week from somebody else that, that wants to be my friend that is a friend of theirs. And, and it's, it's basically a porno- pornography connection. I mean, you know, and all I got to do is accidentally click yes, and boom, it's right there in front of me. I mean, we got to be more careful with what's going on in our lives, because what do you do? You say, "Well, that's that's my buddy, that's my friend," so I got to read that, read all their junk. David and I were talking this week. Also, she she had somebody that's become a friend of hers, and they just have filthy language. So we were we were going on there and blocking her. We wanted to do it in such a way she didn't know, so we didn't unfriend her. We just kept her posts. Because, I mean, it's coming up. Come on, think of it. You you see it, it comes up. And you say, well, that's my friend. That's just the way they talk. And you, what you're doing is you're letting all that culture just come into your heart and come into your mind day after day. And, and, and if you remember the scripture from 2 Timothy chapter 3, just a few moments ago, what Paul said, get away from that stuff because the longer you stay with that stuff, the more like it you'll become. You know, it used to be, I don't, have time to, I don't have time to tell you all this stuff. It used to be that we would isolate our kids. Mom, you remember when you were growing up? You didn't have to worry so much about me. Man, I don't worry about everything these kids have to deal with today. The society that I grew up in, they somewhat believed in the same basic values that you and I believe, stand here and talk about. They didn't always live them. No, they didn't live them, they were hypocrites. But they talked a good game and, you know, you didn't have to... Oh, yeah, sure, you'd have to worry about the kids learning a bad word every once in a while on the, on the school bus. But, I mean, that was, that was about the worst. You know, you pretty much could isolate kids back in the... You can't isolate kids anymore. You can't. We, so we have to work hard at insulating. And, so, and, and what I'm trying to tell you is we've got to make some decisions. You know, so, so you know, in, in your entertainment, what is it that you're, you're feeding yourself? What are you listening to? What are you watching? You know, uh... I don't think I've seen this, so I don't know if it's good or bad. Uh, I don't, this one's okay, I think, well, maybe it's because I saw it on TBS. A lot of times, now listen, if I give you some advice on a movie, and maybe I saw it on TBS, and so if you watch a movie and I gave you some advice for it and it, you, and you bought the thing, you own your own, because I know, I saw it on TBS, I didn't see that stuff, they clean it up a whole lot, okay? Yeah, so I, I think I saw this on TBS, so it was, it was okay, you know, language was all right, and all this, I, I don't know, but here's, you know, what we do a lot, a lot of people, and, and the Christian church, Christians do it as well, is we say, well, it's rated PG-13, so it's okay for everybody over 13 to see, and I'm 25 years old, so you you know, I, I can watch that. Hey, we don't watch our movies at our house. We just don't, you know. And you know what? There are some our movies that, that really they just have uh, violence and, you know, it's war violence or something. You know, you can kind of say, well, that'd be okay. Well, no, it's just a rule. It's just a rule. I've got to have some guidelines. I've got to gotta have some parameters. Because if I don't have some parameters, I'm going to step over them. And we just don't, as a rule, we don't watch R-rated movies. And you know what? But I'll tell you something else. We've rented some PG-13s that we took home and put them in. And after about five minutes, we ejected them and had to carry them back. Just because society says it's okay, doesn't mean it's okay. You and I have to, have to talk about the isolation, the insulation. Why? Because what Paul was saying in 2 Timothy chapter 3 is this thing. Is what? what are you eating? Because what do they tell you about what you eat? You are what you eat. And the more you eat stuff, 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 the more like it you become. And there's some stuff that you have to. You have to isolate yourself from I don't have time to talk about it. There's some evil things happening in people's families that are, in people's marriages that are reading these books. There's divorces that are taking place. And, and, and people are pointing back and saying, it started when I read this book. I started reading these books. There are some books. And I, for those who aren't here, maybe listening to the podcast, I won't even call the name of this book. Because you know what? It, this one doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what book it is. I don't even look at the title. It doesn't even matter what book it is. You are in control. Nobody makes you read this stuff. Nobody makes you view this stuff. Nobody makes you... This is probably not a bad magazine. Nobody makes you buy this magazine. Nobody makes you do any of this. You're in control. And that's the whole point is we got to get back in control we've allowed society, we've allowed our culture to start controlling us again. Oh, I'm not involved in that stuff, Pastor. I'm not involved in that stuff. Oh, well. I tried to not unplug it that time, Mike. I'm not involved in that stuff. I'm not involved in porn. You're one step away. Because sin is a progression. I'm, I'm not involved in adultery. You're one step away, some of you, because sin is a progression. You know what Paul said about, about sin and death? He says, each one of us, I'm sorry, James, each one of us is tempted when he is drawn away by his own desires and enticed. Then when desire is conceived, it gives birth to sin, and sin, when it is full grown, brings forth death. It's a progression. You don't wake up one morning and say, hmm, I think I'll have a, an affair on my wife. You don't wake up one morning and say, I think I'll go down to the convenience store and buy every pornographic magazine they've got. You don't do that. It's a progression. And if you if you don't want to fall into sin, you don't deal with it here. You deal with it here. You deal with it in the trunk. Matthew chapter 5, verse 27, you have heard that it was said, this is Jesus talking, you have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not commit adultery. Verse 28, Jesus says, He says, but I say to you, okay, here's the thing. Come on, church, you got to get back to what Jesus says. You've heard everybody else talking, but Jesus said, here's what I tell you. This is what's important. We got to get rid of all this culture junk that people. What I say to you is that whoever looks on a woman to lust for her has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If you look on a a woman and you lust after her, you have committed adultery here. And the next step is committing it with your hands. In your body. You never, though, you know what? You'll never commit adultery with your body if you don't commit it in your heart. And you will never commit it in your heart if you don't let lust begin to breed. And lust will never breed if you don't look. Job said, I made a covenant with my eyes. Why then should I look? We know what what he's talking about here. We're not saying we've got to cover him up with burqa and those things. That's not what we're talking about. Why then should I look upon a woman? You don't deal with it the moment you're renting the room. You don't deal with it at the moment. If you're going to deal with pornography the moment the opportunity pops up on the screen, you're going to fail. If that's where you're dealing with your temptation, you're going to fail. You've got to back way up from that and deal with it right here. Clean out your trunk. And, go, and you may say, well, I'm nowhere near into that. You are closer to it than you realize. If you've got any of this type of junk in your trunk, and I'm not talking about hard liquor. I'm just talking about you've got any of this type of junk in your trunk. You're closer than you know. Stand with me, people. Right now, I want to offer prayer. Last week, we prayed for people's specific needs about getting the financial junk. This, this week, we want to pray about this culture junk that's gotten into our trunks. In, hey, it gets into my. Tr- I got I have to eat. I have to clean it out. I have to eject. I have to say no. We can't listen to that. Can't think about that. Can't. Well, right there, you have to constantly de junk your trunk. We're offer prayer. These areas are people who are bombarded by doubt. We want to, I want to pray for you. But you're going to have to get my attention down here if we all come together, and we're probably going to just about all of us come in a minute when I get through this list. But you're going to have to say, hey, I need some prayer. You're bombarded with doubt because you've got people around you that are questioning you and, and trying to put doubt in your mind about whether God is truly God, about whether Jesus is the only way, and whether there even is a God. Maybe you've got an atheist person or something. You're bombarded with this kind of stuff. We want to also pray for those with spiritually unhealthy relationships. You've got a spouse that is constantly pulling you down instead of lifting you up and building you up in God. Or you've got a best friend, girlfriend, boyfriend, or just a friend that's constantly pulling you down. You have a spiritually unhealthy relationship. We want to pray for you. We want to pray for those who are struggling with addictions, not just chemical addictions, but Anything. Anything that messes messes your day up because you gotta have it, gotta have it, gotta have. It. We want to pray for those who are dealing regularly with negative influences. You got you've just got a situation at work or school or somewhere, and it's just a constant negative influence on you, pulling you down, pulling you away from God, uh, constantly tempting you or whatever. And we want to pray for those who are ready to become the influencers instead of the influenced. That should be all of us. You see, we're not supposed to be driving our cars around all week long picking up culture's junk we're supposed to be filling up our trunk on Sunday mornings and every time we get together for prayer meeting or whatever it is and reading our Bible we're supposed to be f- filling up our junk so when we're driving around out there in culture instead of filling, filling our junk up we've already got our junk filled up and we got something that we can share with somebody else put in their trunk so if you fit one of these five categories would you come forward and let's all pray Come on, I think every one of us probably fits in that last one So I think most of us will probably come this morning. I hope you will. Come on. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Step on in just a little bit. We've got some still in the aisle trying to get down. I. I I don't know. I don't know how much you just, just really look into the spirit realm into your life and you just think about that about those kinds of things but God was speaking to me today in the first service and I didn't even share this in the early service God was speaking to me in the first service and He was telling me how I, I've seen a couple of things God was saying you're seeing the beginnings of the fruit of a people that have cleaned themselves up and put themselves in my hand Cleaning out the junk, cleaning out, getting our trunk out, our trunk cleaned of all that j- junk, the clutter, the, the, the unholiness, the unrighteousness, the evil that just keeps coming in. God says, you're, you're beginning to see the results. That lady that said, I had a peace come over me. It's a result of cleaning out the junk of our trunk because what do you get? You don't get peace from the world. You get all that other junk. But you start cleaning out all of that other junk from the world and God's peace can show up. It just blows through you. God wants to do something amazing to you. This, this was, this is probably one of the hardest. I mean, one of the meanest type sermons I've preached to you, just about some things. But probably none of you are dealing with, you know, maybe some of these issues that I point at, but what they symbolize, we are. We're dealing with these things, and they're coming in and coming in, and we have to stay on guard. Let me give you three pieces of direction before we have a word of prayer. And Jamie's going to lead us in a song. Don't start singing until you finish praying. Three pieces of direction. First of all. Do a daily checkup. I don't care how holy you are every day. Repent. Say, God, I'm sorry. Some people say, well, that cheapens it, doesn't it? I like what Joe did. Joe rose up early in the morning and he sacrificed in case his family had committed sin. In case. You know, what what that says when you repent every day, you're saying, God, I want to make sure I am right with you. Even if I can't remember a sin I committed, God, I just want to make sure everything's Good between me and you. you ever, you've done that with your people in your family, haven't you? We'll make sure everything's all right. You know, if I, if I hurt you, I'm sorry. That's all, that's all you're doing. So repent, but then also pray. Daily checkup, print, or repent and pray for grace and strength to get through that day. Secondly, this week I want you to fast. Whatever thing is closest to an addiction in your life, and you may say, "I don't have any addictions." You got something close. What is the one thing that if you were to get addicted to? It will be that thing. What, what is it? What is it? Fast that this week. You know, if it's credit again, fast your credit cards one week. If it's eating, it might be hard for some of you to fast seven days. Maybe you can narrow it down to something specific that you, that you would indulge too much on. Whatever it is, there's something in your life that controls you. Fast it for one week. Get control Get back on That thing's controlling you You need to get back on top of that thing You're supposed to be in charge of your life Nothing else A friendship that you've got to have Tell them you need a week off Now if it's your spouse You're probably not going to be able to do that You're supposed to be somewhat addicted To spending time with your spouse But if you've got a bad friend That's almost an addiction Or if it's if it's Twitter You don't have to shut down your account Just ignore it for a week Fa- whatever it is for a week fast and then thirdly this week just like I, s- I said last week we were going to pray about all of our discretionary spending this week, this week listen to God just like you were saying God should I buy this thing it's only $10 should I buy it in the same way listen to God all week long as you're walking out there in culture, listen to Him. You know what You know what the problem with most of us is? We've ignored God so long we can't hear His voice anymore. And the more you ignore Him, the quieter and quieter and more faint His voice gets. And so listen to Him. Listen to Him this week. And, and as you listen to Him, you'll start focusing on Him and His voice will get stronger in your life. And you'll start hearing Him more and more. And by the end of the week, you'll hear Him so much better than you heard Him before you came into the service today. So listen. The question is not, can I go to heaven? That kind of stuff. The question is not, can I own this DVD and still go to heaven? That's not the question. The Question is, how much blessing do you want? Now, that's the question. How much of His goodness do you want
1: in your life? That's the question. What do you want to
0: be under the control of? Need to control by this stuff? You got to buy one more DVD and one more book and one more of this and one more of that and one more. Be under the control of the Holy Spirit. Ushers, I've got a couple of ushers going to come help me clean off the jump. Take it out today. This, is not, this had to go back in the trunk after the first service, but it's not going back in the trunk. Yeah, we're going to take it out. It's gone. Let's clean it out. I told you I'm going to give you two tools. I don't want to just pray over you and send you home. Say, I hope it gets better this week. No, I want to give you some tools. Here's the first one. This week you're going to receive, if you've got an email, if we've got your email and you're on, on our email list, you're going to receive a daily devotion from me. We call them follow-throughs, not follow-ups, follow through. Some daily devotions, just something to help you this week. Just to Just talk about some of these things that we, that we dealt with here today. Because we don't want to just get our trunk clean, we want to keep our trunk clean. We want to clear it out and make sure it doesn't get filled back up again. If you don't get devotion, listen. If you don't get uh, emails from the church and they go out, we get there's something every week. But sometimes there's three, four, or five. If you don't get them, then we don't have your email. You need to give it to us because you need to get this this week something to remind you. Follow follow through, follow through, follow through. Hang in there. You know, make sure it's happening because God's got something he wants to do for you when you can get that trunk filled out, uh, cleaned out, and make sure you don't let it fill up again. So let, let us know. Please don't forget to Let us know. If you don't have email and uh, you want these anyway, Feel, let us know, we'll print some hard copies out for you and have them for you Wednesday night. Okay, just so you can have it. Uh, and here's the second thing is uh, there's, also, there's also another daily devotional. This is about three weeks worth of, of devotions, and it's called First Steps. And this is really something that was designed for somebody who becomes a Christian and says, Look, I need some help. We'll give you a daily devotion, one, one a day, and it's something for you to focus on to help you in your first steps walking with God. But you know, some of you are just, you know, you're still fairly young in the faith, or, or, or are you just struggling in some areas, and you feel, or you know, maybe you just feel like, I need to get back to some ABCs you need to get this devotion too. You just need to let us know, put you on the list. And you can receive this daily devotion called first steps. And uh, we've got somebody receiving it right now that uh, they're not a new Christian, but they just said, Hey, I need that. And so they've asked for it. And so you can, you can do that as well. If you're a new Christian, you definitely need this. because uh, it will just be for, for about three weeks, about three weeks worth of devotions that way. Okay. So those are a couple of things. And listen, let me t- say this too. I'm not encouraging you to get a Facebook account, but if you've got a Facebook account, you need to, you need to like the church. Okay. You, you Follow a person, but you like, you know, the church. You need to go on, go to the churches' uh, Facebook page and like the church so you can get updates and things, okay? Uh, and also if you've got a Twitter account, I'm not encouraging you to get a Twitter account. A, let me tell you, it's a, it's a big interruption. If you're not into it already, you know it's kind of it's like Steve asked me about, play, about learning to play golf. I said, here's what you do. Go look and see how much ex- how expensive everything is and then run. Don't don't take it up. If you haven't taken it up yet, don't take it up right now. Same thing with Twitter. I might say, look, if you're not into Twitter yet, don't get it. But if you have a Twitter account, you need to follow the church as well so that you get this because stuff like this goes out as well, things that could help you during the week. And just announcements like uh, uh, you know things about the, the weather that we just had okay so here's those are a couple things but listen if, if we don't have your email address then we can't we can't get this to you you know so so make sure you give it to us before you leave thank you for being here let's de-junk our trunks two more weeks next week is relationships and that doesn't just mean romantic relationships and some of you are thinking well I've never had a bad one now that's not that's not all it is relationships and the next week is family junk because families can put some junk in your trunks somebody say amen you are dismissed